For the past five years, I have met with a spiritual director once a month. This is very different than a counselor. I sometimes want her to also be a counselor, but she remains a spiritual director. And, and what her job is, is to invite the presence of God into all the questions of my life. And so she constantly says things like, well, where was God in that? And where do you think God might be speaking into that? My spiritual director, Kathy, has been one of the greatest gifts of my adult life, and she is so incredibly grounded in the sacred. At the end of every time together, she repeats to me and has me repeat to her the things that we have learned. And the most common thing that she prays for me every single month for five years is this. She says, I pray that God surprises you. I pray that God surprises you. You see, Kathy lives her life just expecting God to show up. She just watches all the time. Oh my gosh, how can I catch God in action? I wonder if any of you here are in a place where you've stopped watching for God. You actually don't think God can really do anything surprising for you. I want you to know that you are not alone, that our text, our scripture is filled with dozens of people who had given up hope, who didn't think that God was ever going to come and bring them any good news, who really thought that God's work was done back then. God's work was, oh, maybe when we were younger. Story after story in scripture, we see God bring good news to people who are not expecting it. In unexpected places, God surprises people. And that's what we're going to look at over these next four weeks is all throughout the Christmas story, there are these times when all of a sudden God shows up and brings good news in a very unexpected time. Our hope is that each week as you hear of these stories that you would be encouraged to watch out for God. That we might be able to expect God to show up and that God will surprise every one of us this Advent with some good news. Zachariah had no expectation when he went into the temple that day. He was just doing what he was expected to do. And I imagine that he was one of those folks, I wonder if you identify, where he had stopped expecting things from God. Imagine, day after day, week upon week upon month upon year, decades praying the same prayer. The text tells us that Bill just read that he and his wife, they were blameless, which means they followed. They did what they were supposed to do. So he went into the altar of incense with no expectations because to him, his prayers were not answered. He had let all of that go by the wayside. He had reached a point in his old age where he didn't set any expectations anymore. So why do you think that God came now? Why on this 
random day. Maybe Zechariah was lucky. The text reads that they said that they cast lots, and so he's the one that got chosen. And lots is something that was used all in the ancient world and all the way through our scripture. When you had people that were all of equal rank or ability, and you didn't know which one to choose, it was this idea that you would cast lots, whether it be sticks or stones. And then whoever had the one that was different, they thought that would mean God had chosen that person by lot. So here, Zechariah literally drew the short straw. So he was just lucky. He was the one that got to go in that day. Have you ever wondered what would have happened if it was someone else? What other priest might have happened? So maybe it was just lucky that he happened to be the one to choose the lot and then to go in and be there at this certain place at this certain time. Maybe. Maybe it was that Zechariah had finally achieved like master priest status. Maybe all those days and years of living blamelessly, you know, maybe he, he had achieved priest of the year award for three years in a row. Maybe it was because he had worked so hard. Maybe that's why now it was like God, God said, yep, you're finally there. Maybe. But you know, a priest in the Jewish tradition, it's not a, it's not a vocation. It's not like in the Christian context where someone chooses to be a priest. Like many other traditions throughout the world, but especially in Judaism, you become a priest because your dad was. This is just what was expected for him to do. Well, maybe it was because God showed up because it finally just felt sorry enough for Zachariah and Sarah and Elizabeth. Maybe he thought, you know, these two people, they have prayed and prayed. They are old. I'm just going to have pity on them, finally. So was it? Was it that Zechariah was lucky? Was it that he had achieved a super righteous status? Or that God had just finally felt the compassion? I just don't think, I don't think it could have been any of those reasons. What if the angel showed up in that time? in that specific place to totally catch him off guard, to surprise him with this good news in the most unexpected of places. What if this Advent, God can do the same for every one of us? So there Zachariah stands, he's at the altar of incense, and it says that the angel comes in and says, your prayer has been heard. He has been told, finally, you and Elizabeth will have a baby in your old age. And Zechariah, he gets the best good news that he could have ever wanted. News in that moment that reminds him, God has heard your prayers. You are not alone. Those prayers weren't bouncing back down to you. God is present and God is interested in your life. God is interested in your life, Zechariah, because God is at work in this world. How can you blame him for what he says? How can I know that this will happen? I mean, he had to have thought, am I imagining this? He He had to have thought this being that is saying that they are an angel of God, they're ridiculous. 
because I don't get my hopes up anymore. And in that moment, it seems like the good news announcement that we read 2,000 years later, all of a sudden it's interrupted by a public service warning. And you can almost hear that beep, beep, beep coming through to Zechariah. And then the angel says, because you did not believe, you will now be silent. And then like that, the good news is no longer good. At first, though, it might seem that way because we all thought that the good news of the story was that they were able to conceive. And I have always seen it that way. But then this year, I see it through a different lens. What if the good news was also that God made him be quiet? What if the good news was the gift of silence? I had always seen the silence as a punishment for Zachariah. But what if that also was this gift? What if that was another good news in an unexpected place? Think about the beginning, the way Genesis reads. In the beginning, there was no sound. Just God, the breath hovering over the vast, deep 16th century mystic and ancient father, St. John of the Cross says that silence is God's first language. What would it be like, friends, if this Advent, this was a good news for all of us, if we practiced the language of silence? What if we viewed silence as a gift for each of our lives in this very hectic, busy, loud season? And not just to do nothing in the silence, but silence as a way of waiting for the coming Christ child. Silence as a way of watching for good news in unexpected places. And silence as a way of listening. Zachariah waited for 10 months in the silence for this child. And when we wait in silence, one of the best gifts is we allow ourselves, our very selves, time to process all that is going on. And we allow God time to speak. We provide this space for the difficult but important work of self-reflection Learning from our mistakes and celebrating with God deep within our being the successes and gifts that we have been given. Silence is a beautiful way to wait. Silence is a way to watch. Because Zachariah could not speak, he naturally, we all naturally, would have to spend more time watching others, noticing things. Who talked the most? Who never talked? What neighbors of his still came to check on him even though the conversation would be so awkward? Which of his community enjoyed his company even though they couldn't communicate with words? I imagine by the end of that 10 months that Zachariah knew his family and friends better than he ever had just by watching them. The gift of silence is watching. 
Silence is also a way to listen. It's natural that when you're not speaking all the time, you are going to be listening to others, but not listening where you're listening and trying to come up with the rebuttal to what the person is saying because you're just listening for the sake of listening right there, really listening. And when one is silent, you start to notice the way another person speaks. You start to notice the sigh that comes after a name is spoken. You notice that the tone of your teacher or of your coworker is anxious. And in those times of silence, what a gift to listen to others. From the moment that we wake up in the morning until the moment that we plug our phones in at night, we are bombarded with noise. We tune in to breaking news and literally what it does every single time is break our hearts a little bit more. We are addicted to checking in on our status, to checking in on our social media to see what has happened or at least what the person who posted it said happened. We read all we can. We long for more and more knowledge and we just are consumers of content. What would it be like if for the next four weeks we practiced silence? We waited, we watched, we listened. Let's do that right now, just for one minute. Wait, watch, and listen. Holy God, we know you come in the silence and speak to us in a still small voice. Help us, Lord God, to make this a, a commitment during Advent that we might listen, that we might wait, that we might watch. And God, we pray in the name of Jesus that you would surprise us with good news in the most unexpected of places. Amen.